Shows where we have to open up with something on the the heavier side, right? Yeah, this, this uh, one's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, Paulie, you know me. I'm as big a Yankees fan as they come. No, I know. I have no love in my heart whatsoever for the Boston Red Sox. I know most, that. most of their fans, nor a lot of their players. I mean, right. Fitz, Sully, and Merv can go uh, fry ice, right? Right. If, right. if you know what I, if you know what I mean, I got it. However, there's one lone exception in Red Sox Nation. His name is David Ortiz. Like yeah. I, I hate when he I hated when he beat up on the Yankees when he was playing. But he's such a class act, such a wonderful human being, A-plus individual, loves the city, gives so much back to it, makes up for it all. I've never heard him say a bad thing about anybody. I mean, he looks scary, but he's a big old teddy bear. Wouldn't hurt a fly. Unconditional love for the city. Right. To hear someone tried to take him from us recently, yeah. I I was gutted. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't care. Like, I heard all these reports. He was sleeping with a drug dealer's wife. There was like some police bribery. I don't care any about that. I just want him to get better, get on the field at Fenway, salute the crowd, because that's what Red Sox Nation deserves. Right. You know, and um, they, I, this this one kept me up the other night. Really? I, I, will, I will say that, yeah. Because the reports coming from the Dominican Republic, um, you know, there were some reports that were loading, especially on Twitter and, you know, and, 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 on, and on my news feed. But then um, but then they were qu- contradicted by other reports. So it was it was difficult to ascertain at first what exactly had happened. I mean, what I do know, I mean, what what really matters is, is that David Ortiz, first of all, I just have to say, is arguably the greatest member of the Boston Red Sox since Ted Williams, arguably, or at least since Carl he, Yastrzemski. He's, he's definitely up there. And if he's not number one, he's within the top three. At least since Yaz. Yeah. I would argue that he's one of the greatest Red Sox since Yaz. And I and I only say one of the greatest because he his career dovetailed with Pedro's for a little bit there. Yeah. And, you know, Pedro was, again, a, you know, a, a Red Sox Hall of Fame kind of player and a Hall of Famer in his own right. Yeah. But, um, you know, hearing hearing what happened down in the Dominican Republic, you know, did have me up scrolling Twitter till the wee hours. So here's what I've been able to learn. Um, I'm not going to relate too many details because, quite frankly, I think there's too many details that aren't really clear about what happened and why. Yeah, the, the, the whole we don't have a clear motive for the shooting just yet. Like right. every, everything that has come out about a potential motive has been kind of murky it's been kind of kicked around and yeah. I, I and I, I i'm not going to say that it's been irresponsible because i'm sure journalists reporting what they report you know have sources and they you know and they trust those sources but here's what i think we know to a reasonable degree of certainty sometime sometime it's sunday night right uh yeah sometimes sunday night he was shot there is security footage it is uh, some people have related that it's graphic. Some people have said it, it isn't. So I haven't seen it. I'm of the Peter Gammon's mind on the security footage. I don't need to see security footage. All I want is all I want is Big Poppy in one piece and whole. And like you said, walking out on the walking out on the field of Fenway Park. As someone who who did see the security footage, as in a crappy TMZ link, there first off, like the the camera angle that they showed. I couldn't even right. tell that it was Big Poppy. Right, right. It, it could have been just just a random big Dominican guy sitting at the bar. Right. Yeah. I mean, security footage can be can be difficult. Uh, yeah. And, and, from experience. And, and plus, it's poorly lit. It's like right. Yeah. Right. So. Um, you know, but in, initial reports seemed really confused as they happened overnight. Some said he was shot in the leg. Some said no organ damage. 
Um, I think I even retweeted some of the inaccurate reports. But what I saw em- shot in the leg too. Right, but what emerged was that he was shot in the back while out in public, and that there was there was organ damage, but there was no indication on the degree of severity of the organ damage. I know we know that he was rushed to the hospital. That repairs to his organs were attempted in the Dominican Republic, uh, and in any event, whatever they did or didn't do, he was stabilized there. And then that the next day, the Red Sox sent a plane down to him to transport him to Ma- to transport him to Mass General, which yeah, is yeah, a l- class move. By yeah, the way, yeah. L- let's talk about that for a second. How many other teams do you know would reach out to a retired star player who needed some medical who needed some medical help by f- sending a plane just to fly him back up and then give him a motorcade to get him to the hospital? I mean, the Yankees would do it for certain players. I think they would. I think they would too, but like, but this is the this is the first time. I mean, it, it just it's just a testament to how much the city of Boston loves Big Poppy. And and let me let me just say, I, I and I and and I actually don't think it's understated how much that they do love him. David Ortiz gave Boston Red Sox fans something they had never had before, and I'm not talking about you know the t- championship in 2004 and 2007 and take, 2000. Take the World Series rings out of the equation. In 2000, he gave a swagger. Yeah, a swagger we'd never had. Instead of waiting for the other shoe to drop, we were we were in the in the wee innings. We found ourselves, at least I did, hoping and and kind of thinking in my head how we could come back, saying to ourselves, you know, we can do this. We're only down by a run, and it's the eighth inning. We got six outs left. Yeah, that's way different than the type of internal dialogue that happened in a Red Sox fan's head than what happened in the 80s or 90s or 70s right. or at any time at, you know, after, after the Ruth era. He gave, he gave us something so important. Um, he, gave, he gave the city of Boston an identity. Yeah. Um, he was there you know, after the bombing. He, he stood up and he said, you know, this is our bleeping city. Yeah. You know, and the, even, as a, even as a Yankees fan, that fired me up a he's, little bit. He's a rallying point. You know, yeah. he's... He's somebody that not only can fire you up, but that can inspire you. He's a legendary figure in Boston, and I don't think that can be and understated. He still lives there. Yeah. How many other players stick around? How do you like? I mean, he they they, he, they, they retire to Florida or, right. or to California, like or somewhere else entirely. No, David Ortiz stuck around. He loves us, and we love him. We uh, we you may be right, uh, Big Poppy. We love you. We wish you the speediest of recoveries. Even though I will regularly hate on Boston. Um, let's do let's do a, a minute on the perp because you made some notes about that, right? Um, okay. I, I, and I'm sorry, we don't mean to use the word perp, but the suspect. The, su- the suspect was chased shortly after the incident. He was caught and he was beaten. Uh, generally, I'm not here for extrajudicial beatings, but I understand the Twitter response of those who might be. Uh, he was placed in a holding cell. The conditions down there aren't great, uh, and his mother and lawyer currently says he's. He's some kind of pawn for some reason. It's not clear what his defense is going to be. Yeah. And I do know that the police have to prosecute him in the DR or release him within 48 hours. So they're in prosecutors and police are, are apparently rushing to try to do that. That's the information I yeah. have so far. All right. Well, hopefully it all sorts itself out. I saw a report from uh, his wife, Tiffany. If it is him, I hope he's I hope he's tried, convicted, and sentenced, and I hope he has to serve his jail sentence to, to its full term. Yeah. Uh, his wife, uh, but Ortiz's wife Tiffany uh, came out today. Apparently, um, he's in guarded condition, still in the ICU, but on the whole, is in very good spirits. Apparently, he was he was walking around his room he's, on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, he's taken yeah, he's taken a few steps. He was sitting up today because the the gunshot was in the lower back and came out through the abdomen. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, and there and there were was some damage to the liver, to his intestines. They had they had to take care of that accordingly. Got it. But on the uh, but on the whole, he seems to be doing very well. Um, Big Poppy, get well soon. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right. So since uh, we last had a show, Paul E.D., we're going to set a timer for – did I make the notes for this properly? Uh, yes. We're going to set a timer for 15 minutes on this um, because le- since we last talked, the Yankees and the Red Sox had a uh, had a three-game set at Yankee Stadium. Oy. How'd it go? Not well. Oh, yeah. Cue the music. Yeah. Yankees Nation. Yeah. Come on, you got anything to say? You're going to let me dance in the studio to this? You know, I, I I don't have anything to say except that you gave up, I, what was it, Price's first ever victory at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it, it wasn't, I don't know if it was the first ever, but it was it was one of many few and far betweens. Right. But look, look, we're, we're, we're going to do the uh, the rundown of the series. It the felt Red, like his first ever. The Red Sox tried their best, but hey, Bronx Bombers took two out of three, so uh, <laughs> all hail. Right. Um. So I was at the, because it was, oh right, it was supposed to be a four game set, the first game got rained out. Right. So I went to the Friday game, right? Hat and, versus sale, and I just want to say that mentally, I, I figured I was like, oh, this weekend might not go our way after that game got rained out because after Cleveland, we needed to play again the next day. Yeah, uh, I think the I think the Red Sox needed to get back on the field as quickly as possible and not let the ugly the last two ugly games against Cleveland kind of sit with them longer than they had to. And unfortunately, we had a rain delay on that Thursday. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Chris Sale uh, on the whole looked pretty good. He did, yeah, and he's and he's looked and he's looked really good since April, about April sixteenth. Yeah, so. I, I guess I have to, I'd have to look at the his velocity or his uh, or his slider numbers, but it, it seems that people are just jumping on everything a little bit early this time. Anecdotally, I could tell you that his velocity is back up to relatively normal. You're, you know, okay. you're you're seeing 97, 97, 96 on the gun. I haven't seen ninety eight or ninety nine. Which I've seen, I believe, in you know, in a couple years past, very occasionally. But he seems at least. If not, if the velocity isn't all there, I think I feel like the control is back. Yeah, I mean, because and then the Yankees the next day against Porcello. I mean, that that was an ugly game, right? Yeah, Herman Herman was pitching hurt. We later found out, right? But hey, W's a W. Um, I so, thought we had that game for a little bit, but yeah, it wasn't uh, I, I thought so too. Um, but since this series, both of our teams have struggled. I mean, the, the Yankees are three and six. Uh, entire team, top to bottom, is not is not playing well. Pitching staff hasn't been itself. Paxton, I, I was talking to you yesterday. I think he's he's tipping his fastball a little bit. You think he, so? Yeah, because yesterday against the Mets, he gave up seven hits. Five were on a four-seamer, one was on a cutter, which we can put in the fastball family, and one was on a hung curveball. Wow. So Not may, great. Yeah, may, maybe his knee isn't right yet, but it's, it, it seemed like he was tipping his pitches ever so slightly. Um, Tanaka is still struggling with the splitter. The bullpen hasn't been up to par. Lineup has been streaky at best. I mean, we we were talking about Clint Frazier's uh, bit in the field. Sure. Uh, what's causing all of it? I don't know. I mean, Judge moved his rehab to Tampa, so maybe the clubhouse energy is off. Maybe the infamous June reports have come back to bite us. Either way, with with the Rays showing little signs of slowing their pace, something has to change soon. Uh, thankfully, uh, Judge and Stan are expected back as early as the next homestand, which starts on Monday. Not a moment too soon, I not don't think. Not a moment too soon. But uh, what's going on with Boston? Um, not much, it f- feels like. Is uh, the World Series hangover real? Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I didn't think, they were uh, on a pretty torrid pace last year, and I and I knew we'd see some regression. I didn't think it would be quite like this. Um, you know, they're beating, again, who they have to beat, but there's a, there's been a, there's been a couple things. Um 
you know, Martinez has been out for some. Uh, JD Martinez has been out some, for some big games. For instance, they they really needed him in Tampa, and he just wasn't there because yeah, of his back. The, yeah, the back was a problem. Mookie and Benintendi, Mookie Betts and Andrew Benintendi aren't just aren't having the seasons they did last year. Hopefully, they can recover as the season moves on. And Devers has cooled off a bit. JBJ is off his pace from last year, and they can't get anybody out in big spots. I don't know who I need to tell. To say this, look in the aggregate, some of the aggregate stats for this bullpen are, are aligned metrically with last year's bullpen. But I got to tell you that they're, they're, the pitching staff as a whole in high leverage situations is much worse than it is last year. Yeah, they, they can't when when they get when win prob when big shifts in win probability are possible. Meaning when the game is on the line, they just can't get it done this year. Let's talk about uh, the Texas series you're having right now oh, with God. the Rangers. Do we uh, have to? Yeah, because now, now, granted, sweeping the Royals—that that was a good thing that you did. You had you had to do that. But There's te- no excuse. But Texas is on our level, right? So they're a, they're a, they're kind of a team that's that's not too far above 500. They their pitching staff doesn't do all that well in high leverage situations, but they score a lot of runs and their guys can strike people out. So they're kind of they're. I feel like they're our mirror image. They're our bizarro kind of Red Sox down in the West. There. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're. Ever so slightly overachieving, just because the team is very much the same as a few years. Because I don't, I don't think that a managerial change is is enough to like kickstart a team, right? Uh, but at the same time, last night's loss. I mean, I, I didn't watch any of the game, but it definitely seemed like a heartbreaker. No, it was just, it stung. Yeah, it definitely. I, stung. I, mean, I, I saw that Benintendi got tossed, Cora got tossed. Yeah. Um, but given how it was an Angel Hernandez game, who's probably the most hated umpire in all of baseball that is not named Joe West. Right. I I, I can't help but think that those kinds of ejections, because I, I saw Ben Benintendi, he's John from the dugout. Sure. Like, you, you never see him do that. No, but you gotta get, you got to get it out somehow. You yeah. know, the Red Sox early on were able to kind of set the tone for their season last year, quite frankly, with the bench-clearing brawl against the Yankees. You yeah. know, they've got, there's a lot of, there's a lot of anger in that clubhouse. They're, they're scuffling. I don't think anybody's quite where they want to be. Right. And they, and you know, the frustration is going to come out. And maybe to a certain extent, Cora's trying to fire the team up. You got to, you got to, yes. you got to play. The Billy with, Martin approach. Right. You got to play with a little urgency. You know, and I'm and, and I'm not saying that they're not, but they to be quite frank, they are. You know, they are scuffling up and down the lineup and, and all around the pitching staff. All right, let, let's go back to the bullpen for a second, Paul sure, AD, please, because uh, Craig Kimbrell recently signed a multi-year deal with the Cubs. Great signing from the Cubs, by the way. Yeah, I thought it was a great signing. It was three years, forty-six million. Yeah, like that? three yeah. and forty-six. Yeah, I, I mean the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you know Theo Epstein the way he builds a team. The Chicago Cubs from a certain angle, could be Red Sox Midwest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the way he's building the squad. I wasn't expecting him to give him, to give Kimbrell a multi-year deal, mind you. I I, th- I I thought Kimbrell would get one, and I'm glad the Cubs gave him one. Yeah. Um, so here's my question then. With Kimbrell in Chicago, Joe Kelly struggling in Los Angeles, at which point, or at what point, do you do you start blaming Dave Dombrowski for not re-signing either of these guys? I mean, you don't. Right, because the way this the way this team played last year, I don't th- I really don't think you can. He just drew a line in the sand. The way this team played last year, they were world beaters last year, and there's no reason to believe that the offense wasn't going to be able to, the offense wasn't going to be able to carry you a good part of the season this year. They've had a couple of key injuries. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're a pr- they were a finely. 
they were a pretty fragile team to start the season. You had the sense that one or two key injuries, unlike the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees are a much deeper team than the Red Sox is. But with the Red Sox, you had a you had a sense that, especially on the pitching staff, one or two key inj- injuries or or guys out of the lineup or guys out of the mix could really make things fall apart pretty quickly. And they had that pretty quickly. Evaldi goes Evaldi goes out of the rotation, and they have not, and I repeat, have not been able to find an answer in that fifth starter spot. That fifth starter spot for the Red Sox has been atrocious. It's had an ERA of almost eight. Yeah. That you can't you can't win you just can't win that way. You know? And as far as the bullpen goes, they were they were supposed to have Steven Wright out there. They don't. And the reason why they were supposed to have Steven Rand out there, and quite frankly, I think the way the bullpen's constructed, they were kind of depending on him, is because he eats innings, and he doesn't mind. He doesn't. It's. It's. He's not a. You know. He's not one of those guys who. Who it seems that high leverage or low leverage or or any sort of different different leverage kind of kind of phases him. You know, he'll pitch the seventh. He'll pitch the ninth. He doesn't care. He just throws the knuckleball, and if it gets hit, it gets hit. So I think they were depending on that to a certain extent. That said, I think certain guys in the bullpen have regressed. Um, although Brazier hasn't really regressed, they've regressed in that they weren't where expectations were to start the season. You know, they weren't as good maybe as they were. Brazier's not as good during during this year as he was down the stretch and in the playoffs. But for his career, he's actually doing better this year than he was. You know, than he ever has, especially in high leverage situations. Yeah, I mean. It- if I'm Dombrowski right now, I'm looking at the team because the offense to me isn't a, isn't a problem. I mean, well, they're going to hit. They'll get their hits eventually. Right. I mean, because they're sixth in the league I, in runs. Look, right. they're sixth in the league in runs. I think they're I think they're uh, they're fourth or fifth in in uh, uh, they're fourth or fifth in hits. They get their hits. They get their they get and they score their runs. You know. Yeah, and and also at the same time, I, I don't know how plugged into to analytics Dombrowski is, but you had to look at last year during this past off season. And say, okay, that pace was a lot of fun. It's unsustainable, right? Like you're how, never going to do that again. Yeah, and it, and if you are, then there's a hole in the universe. I mean, the only thing I guess you would blame him for is painting himself into the corner in which he painted himself. And, yeah, and that's really, I guess, that's the signing of Yavaldi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's failing to kind of move on some guys who you probably could have moved on, like a Rick Porcello. And yeah. maybe and maybe you find and maybe you find somebody born reasonably priced for that spot on the rotation, or maybe you don't. I don't know. I mean, Purcell has been okay. Yeah. He's been okay. He hasn't been okay against competition above, against above five hundred teams. Right. But he's beaten who he's needed to beat, and he's and he's actually been he's actually had some really he's actually spun some gems on the mound this year. Well, yeah, because Purcell he he he's a lot like Jay Happ in that he relies on not so much velocity but perceived velocity. Right. He, he puts a lot, he throws a great two seamer, puts a lot of spin on the balls, generates a lot of ground balls, even if they are a bit a bit harder contact. Right. But. If guys are picking up his pitches, then what's going to happen? I mean, the, we've seen it with Hap. I mean, the bottom line is you've got a whole lot of guys getting reps in in situations where they've never gotten reps before. Among them, you know, um, Walden, uh, Hembry, Brazier. They're they're being thrown into situations where they don't have a lot of reps under their belt, and they're and they're going to and they're faltering. And yeah. They're faltering. They've got. I mean, they've got ten blown saves so far this season. You know, it's. They, yeah, they they need an they need an answer. They at least need, I believe, defined roles. I would actually almost blame if you're going to blame somebody in the in front office or front office adjacent. I would almost blame Cora for not defining roles after April. After April, yeah. you kind of know what you're dealing with out there. 
and you and you go and he I but I the problem is though I think he thought he did with Brazier in the ninth. And, but, but then Brazier started to implode, and then what do you do? And hats off to Cora, because he could easily point fingers left and right, but he, he right. owns every single loss. He really does. I I mean, j- j- to see that kind of accountability in baseball, because, I mean, Aaron Boone doesn't beat himself up after every single loss. He, he, he takes a very practical approach to it. Right. But at the same time, and we saw it last year, the grind of the season definitely wears on him. Right. Um, and his players love him. And early in the, early in the season, Cora was still, you know, Cora remained confident. I think he still does remain confident. You know, he's tweeting out Kalma. You know, he's yeah. relax. You know, we'll get it. We'll get there. And to his credit, they did go on a run. And they, you know, and they. But now they're kind of back scuffling. But the reason why they're back scuffling isn't solely because of the makeup of the team. Their schedule's gotten tougher. You know, they're twelve and twenty against teams over five hundred. You know, they're playing tougher competition. They don't have a full rotation. Their lineup isn't quite there yet I don't believe so I mean what do they do about it I mean as far as I'm concerned nothing that isn't for the long term you know I I, I don't think that it that it helps the Red Sox to make any panic moves this season I don't think you I don't think you move a Mookie Betts or a JD Martinez for parts I just don't you've got a great team on your hands yeah and, I, I, and they could, I don't they think could, I... they could play their way back into contention easily and the trade deadline's coming up there's going to be a plethora of um <clears throat> excuse me of uh, bullpen arms available right. from, from some teams. I think it's going to be a buyer's market. I really do. It very much is going to be a buyer's market, which we'll get to in a second. And maybe Joe Kelly and the Red yeah. Sox need each other. Maybe that's maybe that's the moral of this season. That might be it. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how. I don't know why the Red Sox would trade for him in the contract he has. Of course not. But if but if uh, I mean, and this is pie in the sky. But if LA said, "All right, just take him. We need the spot," you yeah. know, and decided to eat the money. Yeah, because his ERA, ERA right now is 7.59, 1.78 whip in 22 appearances. You've already got people calling for calling for the Dodgers to move on from the Joe Kelly era. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah, And, and I get why he wanted to go there because he's a California boy. He's Money. He born, born in Anaheim, played college at UC Riverside. There's 20 million or so reasons why he went there. Although, to be fair to Kelly, he has posted an ERA of three this month in right. three appearances. Yeah. He'll, I mean, he's he's... He's not he he's not the greatest arm that ever that ever that ever sat that ever stood astride a mound in the major leagues, but he's a good arm and he's better than a seven seven point five ERA. He is very much better than that. Uh, but going back to the Yankees, uh, you had some opinions because I'm, I'm looking at uh, the notes at a note you sent me over here. Right. Um, you were saying, oh, like the the uh, second unit can't hold on forever. I don't think they can, and I think that's part of what we're seeing. I think that's also a part of it too. You know, these guys are going to get these guys after a while are going to get tired, and they're told that reinforcements are on the way. But reinforce, but re- but if reinforcements never arrive, you're starting to look down. You're starting to get that thousand thousand yard stare down the barrel of the season and saying, wow, can I, you know, can I do this until September? I I think that you're half right in that, but it's it's just like I said, because up until I believe it was the Toronto series judge was there with the team and reading uh the great book inside the empire by a uh, Bob Clappish and Paul Solitaroff they go into detail about just how big a presence judge is in the locker room just the energy he brings to it right and how if he's not there or if he isn't playing there's only so much he can do but it seems that this year like he he um he knew what his injury was. It's a strained oblique. He knows what the recovery time is. Last year was a very odd wrist injury, yeah. like the chip fracture. I think it's that called. Was strange. Yeah, and that one because I think at that point he was kind of facing down the reality. Oh, oh, like I might not play again this season. Right. Anyway, um, but that is the <clears throat> excuse me, 
that uh, is it the way it is right now. Cleveland was rough. The Mets were rough in the, in the night tilt last night. Hopefully against the White Sox, we can uh, now that we see that Stanton is doing well in his rehab and Judge is probably going to be back next week. Knock on wood. Right. Ow, I just hit my keys. I think the Yankees. Um, I think the Yanks can get healthy against the White Sox. Yeah, easily. Plus Severino's throwing uh, throwing again. The White Sox aren't terrible, but you can get healthy against them. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to set the timer now for ten minutes because Paulie D, um, I sent you this as well. Absolutely. The uh, Yankees are in the market for some pitching. I mean, I I want to know where. All right. Well. Dallas Keuchel was our target. Yeah. And Cashman made the smart move and only offered him the qualifying offer. Okay. Because, hey, like, he it's June. He didn't have a spring training. He's going to need about three weeks to get his arm strength back up down the minors. Right. So what did Keuchel do? He signed with the Braves for an extra million, but it's also prorated. Right. So I think he's, I think the actual deal is worth about $23 million, something like that. Yeah. But I'm going to say it was the right move. The Yankees held the line. As they should have, because Dallas Keuchel, no velocity, yeah, so ground ball dependent, yeah. The American League, I think, is, has him figured out. I'm not sure he can beat the Red Sox in a big spot anymore. No, no, because like the National League is not so velocity dependent. They're they're more finesse. We see it with Jason Vargas on the Mets right now. I'm not sure he could beat Houston in a big spot, and I'm not sure he could beat Tampa in a big spot. He will not beat Houston in a big spot because they probably know him like a book. And if he and if he can't beat those teams in a big spot, then what are you doing with him? Well, Cashman is still on the hunt for pitching, and according to Ken Davidoff of the New York Post, uh, the, he has Madison Bumgarner and Marcus Stroman on his radar. Madison, you know, can Mad Bum recapture the glory? Well, hold that thought, because also there's uh, earlier today a guy by the name of Dan Federico, who I'm pretty sure is a sports PR guy with some ties to Bleacher Report. Uh, he also named Matthew Boyd and Trevor Bauer as targets. Wow. Okay. So, so Mad Bum. Trev, Trevor Bauer, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have opinions about that. Trev Bauer, huh? Yeah. Well, let's start with Mad Bum. Sure. Before, before Trev Bauer. <laughs> the, the, the short answer. Does Trev Bauer like to be called Trev Bauer? Because he'll call you out on Twitter about it. I will call him that on Twitter and then see what he says. All right. Please do. Anyway, so Mad Bum, the short answer is how do you say no? The right. guy, The guy is a postseason legend. Sure. He can pitch in a big spot. Sure. He's a little temperamental. We saw what happened with Max Muncie last weekend, yeah. but he can get it done. And he's also not even 30 years old yet. Right. So it's an he's an ideal hired gun despite the mileage, but there's still some concerns. Because his strikeouts are up and his walks are down, which mm-hmm. is great. His ground ball rate is down by almost six points. Right. And on top of that, his hard contact rate, it's up nearly 11 points from two years ago. Yeah. And there's no grand changes in his velocity. He's not throwing his curveball as much. He's throwing the fastball a little more. The big thing that sticks me about Mad Bum, despite his known postseason pedigree and the fact that he can win a game in October, yeah. Oracle Park very much favors the pitcher. Oh, yeah. And now he's moving to Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah. That scares me a little bit. I It would scare me, too. I mean, would you make a trade for Mad Bum if it was on the cheap? I mean, if if you could get him, if you could get it, if you could get something that was lopsided, yeah. I mean, I would. Um, if I needed somebody to eat innings... I'm not sure I would trade for the type. I'm not sure I would make the type of trade that I think the Giants are going to require. Yeah, because um, because that's what I need, right? I need right. To, I need to rent somebody. Yeah, is that is that? Do you think that's where the Yankees are, or are, they, or are they looking for somebody for the long term? I think it's a rental because remember Jordan Montgomery's expected at some point in the second half. Right, I'm renting somebody. I'm. I don't think high cost rentals are ever worth it. Right. You know, I, I we we did a podcast ages ago. I don't think that I don't think the rental of Larry Anderson, even though he was great down the stretch, was worth the price of Jeff Bagwell. 
I don't think high cost rentals are worth it, even if it can, even if I'm, even if it might get you close to the promised land. Um, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, he's his postseason resume speaks for itself. His regular season resume does as well. There is some, there is a sense that, you know, maybe he is on the way down. And, yeah, and and he's in a real pitcher friendly park. Right. Well, well, and, I, and, I don't you're, wanna... ask, and you're going to ask him to move to Yankee Stadium? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, he, he Madison Bumgarner is a pitcher. Right. The, the guy can make adjustments accordingly. Yeah. But some of the numbers this year, I'm just a little bit skittish. What I'm saying is, he's moving from a pitcher friendly park to to arguably one of the most hitter friendly parks in the major leagues. Yeah. That's what you would be asking him to do. And it already it already seems from his performance this year that he might be on a down not on a downward spiral, but he might be he he might have already peaked. Yes. And so, I mean, do I really want to catch this guy in the downslide, even if it's only a rental, especially for the price that I think the Giants are gonna are gonna charge me? Right. Plus, the Giants are. I know that Brian Cashman is the master of getting a top name for nothing. We saw it with the Sonny Gray trade. We saw it in the Stanton trade. Like the guy, like he can get someone on on his radar and give up maybe like a bag of balls for it. Right. That's not going to happen with Bumgarner because I think the Giants are also trying to restock their own farm system. I mean, Stroman. Stroman's okay. Stroman, I like. I like Stroman a lot because he. he this is interesting because he's very young. He's very small for a pitcher. Yeah. Um, but he's from Long Island. He knows that he knows the team and its culture. He's already got a great relationship with CC Sabathia. Um, he's he's upped his ground ball rate to above fifty percent this year. Yeah, it's, I think it's around fifty six and a half percent actually. He seems like he's durable. Seems yeah. like he could eat some. He, innings. He's past the knee and shoulder troubles. He's throwing his curve and cutter more. He's pretty much abandoned his slider. Um, he also has a year of arbitration attached. Yeah, which makes things makes things interesting. And there's already that history with the Yankees and the Blue Jays from the Hap trade last year. Um. That's it. If the Yankees are going to pursue any one of the pitchers I've listed, because there's two others that I want to get to real fast, uh, I got to go with either Stroman or Madbum. Preferably Stroman, just because I mentioned Madbum's metrics. Right. And like, because Stroman, I feel that he's going to come the cheapest because Toronto they have a very good minor league system. They they just called up uh, Vladdy Jr. Kevin Biggio's there. Bo Bichette is down there. Right. There's and they still got some good young arms there as well. So I think that it would only take maybe a mid-level arm and for argument's sake, let's say Cameron Mabin for right. outfield depth. Right. Um, and maybe we, we could throw Jonathan Holder and Luis Sessa in there as well. You know, I'm you know, it, but I think what's interesting about what what we're talking about now is whatever the Yankees decide to do, I think projects out to what they think about the state of their pitching staff, you know. So if they think you know, if they decide to go, you know, to go to to go to someone who they think they could lock up for the long term, right? Like I assume Trevor Bauer would be a choice like that. They th- they they'd go with him because they think they could lock him up long term. I'm gonna give you a hard no on Trevor Bauer. I mean, I know you're gonna give me a hard no on Trevor Bauer, but 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 if the say the Yankees were to go that way, you I mean, you're signing another horse to this to this pitching staff because you think you need it because you doubt maybe the state of your pitching staff. Do you know what I mean? Do you know yeah, what, I know, what I'm, you know what I know I'm what trying to getting say? At, cause like, cause I know Depending on who they go with, and I do think they're going to go with somebody because they are thin at start at starting pitching. Yeah. CC's not you're gonna get CC's two hundred fiftieth win. It's gonna come against somebody like Baltimore and that's great. And he yeah. des- and he deserves it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't even I, I think it could be that that 
you know, he's out of the starting rotation by August. I really do. I mean, if, if things currently continue the way they are, where he's just not locating his cutter at all, then yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, in just as a quick side note, I, I went out to a bar once Tim Wakefield, every game once Tim Wakefield was going to get his 200th win. I must have gone out like five or six separate nights. I don't remember how many it was. I literally don't remember. Yeah. Because it was, because it was you know, again, it was at the end of his career. And in the, I don't think the Red Sox were all, all that great that year. Although, let me, you know, but be that be that as it may, he was having trouble getting it. Right. Now, now going back to Bauer, though, one thing to consider, he's got, he also has a year of arbitration left, just like Stroman. Sure. But he's making $13 million this year. Yeah. That number is only going to go up. Yeah. Not only that. I don't think his personality gels with the clubhouse. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak to that because the Yankees have have a great ability, I think, as an organization to take in outsized personalities like an Alex Rodriguez, Nick you know, Swisher. like you know Nick Swisher, like a Jason Giambi once upon a time, yeah. and kind of, kind of get them, getting them all on the same page. They can, they can do that. They can do that because they have because they have the history because they have the personnel there now to do that yeah. because they have the homegrown talent there now to do that you know I so on that I would disagree with you as as that's not a selling point I I like a guy with a little fire you know what I mean yeah but at the same time how hard is it for the Indians to stay stop uh, stop being an ass on social media plus he he walks way too many people his his walks per nine this year is above four. I mean, this year, right? But yeah, but that that's also like, I think for his career, it's about 3.75. I mean, it's not great, and especially it's not great in Yankee Stadium, but the, yeah. all, the only thing I'll say is who, whoever they go with is going to say a lot about what they think of their starting rotation as yeah. a whole going forward. Right. You know, if they, now, if they go for rental, they think, okay, this is just a minor blip. If they go for somebody and they say, oh, okay, what are they going to do? Lock him up long term? And they do. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, maybe we're, maybe we're going to see way less of somebody that we currently think we're going to see way more of. Now, Gundir Ed, Bumgar. Oh, wait, wait. We, we didn't talk about Matthew Boyd real quick. Because real quick on Matthew Boyd. He's having a good year. It's his only good year. That's why I don't want him. <laughs> coming, coming into this year, his buy, year. I never buy high. Yeah, coming, in, coming into this season – his career ERA was over five, right. just a tick over five. Right. But yeah, he's he's he seems to have mastered his slider. I'm happy that he seems to have found the special sauce this year, yeah, because his strikeouts are way up, yeah. But nothing besides the strikeouts from a metric standpoint really stands out. And they're going to be looking to sell high. They're, they're going to be looking to looking to sell high. The Tigers really need to restock their minor league system. They need it's going to cost way too much. Right. They're going to they're going to need a haul for what he is. And, and and I'm saying this as someone who saw Matthew Boyd just destroy the Yankees earlier this year. Right. Yeah. Like the the guy, like he, I think he got like eleven or twelve strikeouts in six innings, something like that. Yeah. So he's having a real good year. He is having <laughs> a very good year. But uh, gun to your head, Bumgarner, Boyd, Bauer, Stroman, three B's and an S. Who are you taking? I like Bumgarner. So if the Reds, if you the know, Reds I have get any one of those guys, you're going to take Bumgarner in Fenway Park. What? Um, I'm going to take the proven experience. I'm going to take the guy that wants the ball in the tenth inning of of whatever World Series game there is. I'm going to take the guy who can walk through fire and come out unscathed on the other end. That's the that's what the Red Sox need. The Red Sox need, if not toughness, the Red Sox need the ability to. They need somebody who's been there. You know what I mean? And they need somebody who can do the job. Once they're once they're there, they need they need somebody who can pitch well when the game's on the line and and say what you want about him and and about where he is on the on the ups on uh, where he is in his career. 
I think he has enough left in the tank to help somebody down the stretch this year. You just turned Madison Bumgarner into Jamie Lannister. I hope you know that. Well, you know, I mean, you do what you have to do. It's, yeah. You I, you either – the Game of Thrones, you either win or you go play golf, apparently. <laughs> I think I'm taking Strowman just because he's younger. There's less mileage on the arm. Uh, he seems to have really found, like found that special sauce this year. Yeah, and certain Red Sox players don't like seem to like Strowman all that much. He, he's got pretty good numbers against against the Red Sox too. Right, and like high threes ERA. And there's been some drawing back and forth about about uh, maybe how he goes about getting those good numbers from 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 the from the Red Sox Twitterati. <laughs> Ooh, the Twitterati. Right, right, right. I fell on a Yankees Twitterati hole the other day. That was fun. No, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, John Boy's a lot of fun. All those John guys. John Boy is great. Shout out to John Boy. Yeah, yeah, those guys are those guys are really awesome and a lot of fun to to watch and follow. Yeah. All right. So, for the last 20 minutes of the show, maybe a little less Paul D, we have to switch uh, shift to some basketball. Uh-oh. Talk. So, it's not it's not dubs in four anymore. No. You can you can say that I made that prediction. You did make that. <laughs> did Did you really say dubs in a sweep? Dubs in four. I said Raptors in seven from the get go. <laughs> and um, how's your prediction working out so far? Bobby? Not well, JB. And um, this is tape from the Warriors front office as of as of uh, yesterday. Right. Right. So fair uh, enough. It was reported today uh, that Kevin Durant did indeed tear his Achilles in in Game Five. I saw. I kind of called it from the get go because um, I don't know if you saw him get injured, but I did not. Okay, no. so he he was trying to do a crossover on Serge Ibaka, took a bad step and immediately went down. And you saw him holding. I saw him holding that spot like right above his heel, kind of in the lower calf. I saw the slow motion of his injury. Yes. Uh, so and then which um, was something else. And then he's being helped off. He's being helped off the court. He very audibly drops the f bomb. Right. And then he leaves the arena. On crutches and in a boot. And he took to Instagram today to confirm that, yes, he did indeed, um, he did indeed tear his Achilles. And that's a great, it's a big loss. It is a very big loss. And he says, look, look, I'm fine. I'm supporting my brothers uh, on the court. I'm going to, I'm just going to get better. It's going to be fine. Um, Free agency just got a lot more interesting. Yeah, it did. Yeah, um, so he's got a few options. He could sign with another team anyway and just show up later in the season. Like maybe the, the Knicks and the Clippers are expected to be in in on him. He could opt in with the Warriors for another year or sign a max extension with them. Uh, if I'm KD, I'm going to go out on a limb. He should do the following. You don't need the money. At no point have you said that wherever you go next, you have to be paid well. I think that if I'm Kevin Durant, I take a year off. Don't, don't sign with any team. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Think about it. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to take what people are willing to pay, and I think somebody's. And I don't think. Um, if, okay. Well, I don't. I don't. There's going to be a team that's willing to pay him a lot of money. Maybe not all the money he thought he might have had coming before he is his injury, but there's going to there's going to be a team or two willing to pay him a lot of that. And they're gonna say, yeah, we're, okay. we're we're fine. We're fine with you being out being out this year. You know, take your time, come back, and and we want you on the court. In which case, I think the safest thing for him to do, if he had to pick a team, would just to be opt in with the Warriors for another year. 
Think so? Yeah, because he knows their training staff. Yeah. There's there's not going to be any pressure for him to get back on the court because Steph can carry that team by himself if he wanted to. Well, Draymond's still there. I don't see how Clay Thompson resigns elsewhere. See finals this year. Can you know? Can Steph Curry carry them to another title? I that's, mean, ga- that's I mean, game six is tomorrow. Colin Coward thinks that they're that they're going to show Durant have like a little maybe a little message from him where he'll show up in the crowd. Right. Um. And at which point the Warriors will have let's say six good minutes. And then the Raptors will just destroy them the rest of the way. Right. Uh, but speaking of the Raptors, this also changes the game for Kawhi Leonard because he could now very well be the biggest dog in the yard that is NBA free agency. Yeah. He's got the Raptors on the cusp of an NBA championship. Sure. He's quite – and again, because let's, let's call it how it is. These Golden State Warriors, yeah. are they might be one of the most dominant teams of the decade. I think they're the most dominant team since the Bulls. Since the Jordan yeah. Bulls, yeah, because like I, I don't want to disrespect the Spurs or Miami because because the, the Spurs they're good because they're tough on defense and they have a lot of depth. The Spurs always seem like you 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 look up at the end of the year, you know, all the years they won those titles, they won five titles, and they look up at the end of the year, and say, oh wow, well it's it's the Spurs, yeah, and, and the 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 LeBron Miami Heat, you had LeBron Wade and Chris Bosh. You had Mike Miller and Mario Chalmers coming off the bench. Who else from those teams can you name? Between the regular season and the postseason, I think that I think the the Warriors have been the most dominant team, absolutely, since the Jordan Bulls. Yeah. Um, so that's not by not by a lot. I mean, there's been other teams that have been almost as dominant, been close to that level of dominance, but the Warriors have been the most dominant team since that team. Right. So, so th- that said. Let's say that, that Kawhi and the Raptors win it on Thursday, or even in Game 7. Right. He could stay in Toronto, be a god, never has to pay for a damn thing the, re- the rest right. of his career. Right. All drinks I, are free. I think <laughs> he, I think the team actually pays for his condo right now in Toronto. That's great. Um, but still, his value is going to be way high, because this, this is the first time that he'll, he'll have won a title pretty much by himself. Right. Because in San Antonio, he was still in Tim Duncan's shadow. So... Maybe the bright lights of the big city will will come calling. Apparently, he's like the Clippers. The Knicks are apparently interested in him. Maybe the Lakers are too. Right. So explain it to our listeners, though, who who might not be up to date on uh, maybe some of the more Byzantine rules of uh, NBA uh, contract values. What they're allowed to spend, what they can't. What's a max contract? Max contract. Um, let's see, because I, I always get the math wrong on this one. So if Kawhi chooses to stay with the Raptors, he could get a five-year deal. Sure. Uh, at or around, I think it's a little over two hundred million. Right. Uh, but if he goes to another team, they can only offer him a four-year deal. Right. But they but they can offer him a higher per year. Per, yes. Per year. Right. Right. So his choice is then: does he stay with the Raptors for the longest deal possible? Because the the I mean, the choice is a max, max contract in Toronto or a max contract elsewhere. Are, are we agreed? Yes. Okay. Um, so and, do and, you want a four-year max contract within the rules of the cap, or do you want a five-year max contract within well, the rules of the cap? Well, this is where things get interesting because Chris Broussard recently gave an interview and said that he has heard from some sources that at the moment. Kawhi Leonard is leaning towards a shorter-term deal in Toronto. Okay, which I which it's makes a little sense. Odd. What? Why do you think he's leaning towards the shorter-term deal for a higher per year to to raise his own yearly rate? That might be it, but I think I think it's because maybe he does he does genuinely like the city. He likes his coach. They're ve- they're very good about letting him take some take uh, a few games off just to, for general rest. Yeah, but then why a shorter-term deal? Wouldn't he want to stay there longer if he likes it so much? Yeah, but like the thing about Kawhi is that he's a, he's a creature of habit. He doesn't talk a lot. Keeps to himself. Um, 
And even though he could get used to a routine in Toronto, right. maybe the shorter-term deal is like, okay, you know what, let's see this again. Let's give it more than a year. See, try making this more of a regular thing. Right. At which point, if he gives it another year and it's not all he thought it was going to be, he can go no he, problem. He can move on. Correct. It gives him more options to take the shorter-term deal yeah. is what you're saying. And the wild card in all this um, are the Knicks because, they've, <laughs> because <laughs> they haven't really been – they've been – at least they have at least yeah. one max spot, and they could get they, two. They have, they have two max. They spots. have two max spots, yeah. and they could get three. Is that right? Uh, no, you're. Uh, they have two max spots. They have about uh, seventy-five, seventy-six million dollars to spend in free agency this year. Got it. Okay. The Nets have one max slot available, but they could soon get two, depending on what they do with D'Angelo Russell. Okay. So, what are the Knicks' Knicks max spots going to be worth? Um, per year for the first year. I'm not entirely sure. I have to double check that. Yeah, I'd have to double check that um, too. But but anyway, um, so. It's been the worst kept secret in the NBA that, oh, Kevin Durant wants to go to the Knicks. Right. The Knicks are interested in Kevin Durant, but they're not tipping their hand just yet. It's hard to say because right now with Durant's injury, they're saying recovery is going to be a year. By the way, Woj, just uh, ESPN Wojcikowski from yeah. ESPN, just I think tweeted that the Celtics are might yes. be working on a trade with Anthony Davis. The Celtics and the Lakers have talked to the talked to the Pelicans about Anthony Davis. That's pretty that's pretty something interesting. That, yes, and it is interesting because Shams uh, I think it was Shams Sharani of the Athletics said that Anthony Davis when it came to signing an extension, his preferred destinations were the Knicks or the Lakers. Now the Celtics talking to Anthony Davis, their motivations are clear. Yeah. They want to keep Kyrie Irving who has also has ties to the Knicks. Kyrie Irving already opted out though. Uh, no, he can't opt out until until after the season's over. I thought it was. I thought he. I, I thought it was his, his intention to opt out. It is his intention to opt out. That's what all. That's what all the signs seem to be pointing towards. Right. Okay. Um, but also, he uh, when it comes to the Knicks, he apparently likes the Nets better. Well, there is something to be said for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, because they've got a very young and fun team. They've got a coach that everyone loves. Right. They've got a great arena. Right. Um, but, but the but the Knicks look but the Knicks with all their money with Madison Square Garden are never out of the are never right. are ne- are never out of the running for any of these guys. Yeah, because because we're going we were talking to Anthony Davis just now. He's the wild card in all of this. Right. He wants out of New Orleans badly. He he had a break- well. They're not winning. They're not putting a team around him. Yeah, and look, he granted David Griffin a meeting just to talk about it, and then afterward, his agent his agent Rich Paul said, "We've thought about it. We still want to be traded." And now Griffin is actively fielding offers. Yeah. He's made it very clear it's going to cost draft picks. Oh. And then and then some younger talent. Um, but now let's go back to the Knicks. They have heavily scouted Duke guard R.J. Barrett, who is expected to go number three yeah. after Zion Williamson and uh, John Morant. R.J. Barrett hasn't even played a single minute in the NBA yet, and he's already said to his agent, I am not taking any meetings with teams other than the New York Knicks. New York is where I want to be. That's his it. His dad has even confirmed it. That's it. So that said, let's say that Steve Mills and Scott Perry, the Knicks team president and GM, they start calling David Griffin. They got to say, look, AD wants out. That's all there is to it. Sure. And that said, you're not really in a position to make huge demands because if you keep them on to the start of next season, it's a looming distraction that's only going to hurt your team, right. the brand, the front office. What if he Przingis is on you? Exactly. So that said. The Knicks should offer some of their young players. I'm talking Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina. It kills me to say this. They have to trade Mitchell Robinson as much as I love him. And then offer not the third pick this year. Offer the, fir- the first and second round picks from next year. Right. Plus one of the picks they got from the Dallas Mavericks in the Porzingis trade with a little protection attached. It- it's quite a curve all this stage in the game, but Durant, he's going to do what he thinks is best for him. In my eyes, that that can mean sitting out next year, yeah, or, or re-upping with the Warriors. I don't, given this injury, 
I mean, granted, it would be a very Knicks thing to do for them to give him a max contract and have him just miss a year. Right. But I just don't see that happening at this point. Right. And that is that is the other wrinkle in, in what I'm thinking. You know, I could see maybe a desperate team trying to do that. But, yeah, again, again, it's hard for me to imagine a team just eating max money for it for a whole year. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, and not getting anything, and not even, and knowing going into it that they're not going to get anything out of it. And not, and not just that. I mean, I feel that if Durant does sign with the team next year while right. he's rehabbing his Achilles. Durant's he, a real wild card in all this. Yeah, because he sets himself up to be Derrick Rose 2.0. Well, hold, he's hold, not, he's hold not on. injured that often. Hold on. No, not from that standpoint. I'm talking more from, you remember the 2012-13 season. It was when Rose was rehabbing his ACL, suffered in the playoffs. Yeah. The entire storyline of the season was when's Rose coming back? When's Rose coming back? Oh, doctors are cleared in the play, but he's not coming back. And then he wound up sitting out the entire year. Right. Came back the following year and was injured after a few games. Right. So just to have that constant poking and prodding, when's KD coming back? That For me, that would be a distraction. Right. Because if I'm KD, I just want to focus on my rehab, get back when I can. I'm not even thinking about getting back on the court. Yeah. I'm just focusing on getting my Achilles right. And hoping that I'm good enough to get back on the court once I feel it's fully healed. And being as healthy as possible when he right. does get back on the court. Yeah. To, and hopefully to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Although Achilles injuries are entirely and, impossible to predict. Yeah, and he's had um he's had trouble with this leg before. Right. Uh, it's it's a hard go, but A but with A D, we mentioned him as a wild card. Sure. The Celtics are not on his list of teams. Like the, he he's clearly there to try and get Kyrie to stay. Yeah. If I'm any GM. For Boston, the Bucks, the San Antonio Spurs, any team out there, and I'm in a position to trade for Anthony Davis, I am telling Rich Paul, his agent, who's also LeBron's agent, yeah. I am saying to Rich Paul, I am not trading for your client unless he agrees to an extension first. Yeah, that makes sense. Why would the Celtics make a deal without agreeing to an extension? I mean, they wouldn't, but the point, the, the other point is that... To, in, in terms of trying to entice Kyrie to stay, I'm not sure that 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 would be their chief that that would be their motivation in trying to get Anthony Davis. I think their I think their motivation might be okay. Kyrie was a superstar and did not gel with a core that we really believe in. Maybe right. maybe AD does, and maybe that's enough to put to get us to the promised land. Maybe that's what they're thinking. By the I same, mean, I, look, he's a girlfriend. You know. You know he's a boyfriend who wants to leave, right? You gotta let him go. Yeah, Ky- Kyrie. You gotta. You, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be in Boston. But he doesn't me- want to deal with the media. You, you gotta let him go. You just mentioned Boston's core, though. Right. And it's a great young core. Right. You have Jalen Brown, but it's going to be cleaned out in the AD trade, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So you're yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna have to give a minimum Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, Rozier. He's if Kyrie comes back, he's Rozier. Probably- Rozier's gotta go. Yeah, well, I think Rozier either has to go or you have to let Kyrie walk and hand over the point to him. Right. Uh, so just a lot of these these young guys, because Aaron Baines just exercised his $5.9 million option to stay in Boston. Sure. So you got to decide what's more important to you, keeping Kyrie or keeping the core, because you can have one or the other. You can't have both. I think they're going to decide on the core. I, I think that's a smart decision myself. I, I just think that that's what they're going to do. I, and I think to a certain extent that that's what fans want to see. I think fans want to see a young, scrappy team who you know that, that really likes playing together and likes each other over, yeah. over a team that 
you know, is missing one or two or three of those guys and is now filled with, you know, not filled with or now now sports a couple of superstars who could kind of take or leave Boston, for whom Boston was a second or maybe even third choice. Right, because Kyrie went to Boston because he wanted to get out from under LeBron's thumb. He didn't right. want, he didn't want to stick it, stick around in Cleveland for another year. Kyrie thought he wanted to be the guy yeah. and then realized partway through the season that he did not want to be the guy anymore. Or that, that he could not be the guy. I think he realized that he didn't want to be the guy. I think yeah. I, I, Kyrie's immensely talented. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's immense, a very good scoring point he's an, he's an immensely talented player, and he could probably do whatever he wants to do. Uh, I think he decided that he didn't want to do it. Um, Wait, which is and, a, which and, is a shame for Boston. Well, you know, it's just it's it's things that things happen. People think they want things and then realize that that they, that they don't want them, and then they move on, and that's it, and everyone's happy. You know, I hope Kyrie goes someplace and plays great. I really do. So do I. Be it with the Lakers, with LeBron again, right. Or on the Knicks, right. Or on the Nets, or whoever whoever else decides to make him an offer, right. He doesn't have to be a second fiddle to anybody, but you know, I think he likes I think he likes not having to worry about leading a team. Let's go back to Durant for a second. Sure. If you're Kevin Durant, what do you do? Oh, wow. Oh, I don't know. You, you've just had surgery. You're told that the recovery is anywhere from 6 to 12 months. Presuming somebody offered me max money, knowing that I was going to be out for a year, I got to take it because it's in my best interest to do so. Okay. Got to take it because, it's again, it's in my best pecuniary interest to do so. I'm going to get paid anyway, and they know I'm not even going to be on the court. Right. Right, because Colin Cowherd... is that even is that even legal? Can that happen? Oh yeah, you know. So, so that's I mean that would be a crazy thing. But the more the more we talk about it, the more I kind of tend to think that that's just not going to happen, and that I think your suggestion that he opts back into the Warriors for a year it becomes more likely, and then they ju- they just kind of figure out the Kevin Durant saga next year colin cowherd said now he's been saying even before the injury he thinks that kevin durant leaving golden state would be silly yeah with his logic being it's a winning team you could stay there and dominate the western conference and the nba finals for years on end right so why would you give that up right and i don't think kevin durant really cares about being the guy or not being the guy or kevin um, i think kevin durant wants rings and i think the reason why and a lot of people and we can get to just one, just one more thing. A lot of people, sure. a lot of people were saying, you know, they rushed him back to the court. No, I think Kevin Durant rushed Kevin Durant back yeah, to the court. Yeah, he I think did. Kevin Durant wanted to be on the court, and I think he wanted to help his team win because I think Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant is interested in rings. Yeah, because uh, Rick Buecher, the uh, great basketball writer for Bleach Report, also has covered uh, hoops in the Bay Area for years. Uh, he gave an interview and said a couple of things. First was that there were quite a few people saying, "Kevin, don't play. Right? Like, don't worry about it. Like, they got they got this. Like." You don't have to prove anything. They can win with. They can. Yeah. This, the team is capable of winning. Of right. Beating, of beating Toronto, they got to play great. Right. And, and they got to play the great. Is, the team is capable of winning. Of winning championships as a whole without him. And that right. isn't a knock against him by any means. No. No. And the, the the point is, this year, I mean, he's widely regarded as the best player on the on a great team. Yeah. You know, that's something that's something really powerful. Right. But, but he was on the court, I believe, because he wanted to be there. And, and you you know, if I'm the Warriors, you want that guy on your team, so you do whatever you can to keep him. But ultimately, it, w- it will be his choice. Buger also said this, and this is where I think it, it could come into play where another team offers him a max contract. Kevin Durant isn't necessarily motivated by the almighty dollar. He's something of a seeker, if you will. He's looking for that great experience. I mean, what evidence do we have that 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 bears that out, though? I mean, Buker just cited sources of his own. Sure. So, 
Anyway, uh, I mean, but they, no, but they, okay. So, so assuming that that's the truth, yeah. Then he's then obviously he opts in with the Warriors and seeks to resign with them. That's what I would do, and if, and, and to, it might even be a club friendly deal. Uh, well, no, no, because he uh, he still has one year left on his current contract that that serves as a player option, right? So, so he so he opts back in, and then the next year after that, next year after that, they they could offer him a club uh, club friendly deal, right? But like, all, but also. Um, the Warriors have decisions to make on Clay Thompson right. this offseason. Right. And next offseason, they got to think about Draymond. Yeah. Draymond has been averaging close to a triple double this, uh, this uh, playoffs. That's true. So why would you let that go? Because you can't always keep everybody all the time. Yeah. Because e- even though Steph Curry is the leader of the Golden State Warriors, right. Draymond Green is the voice inside the locker room. I mean,. I mean, that's 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 what some people say. Like nobody's more vocal on the court than he is. Sure. Uh, either way, if I'm Kevin, if I'm Kevin Durant, and if if sitting out a year is not an option, I will. At a minimum, I'm going to listen to offers from other teams if there are any. If I have a source of money, I'm going to take it though, wouldn't you? If you're Kevin Durant, if you know, why would yeah. you? Do, you know, you don't have to leave basketball for a year, do you? I don't think. Well, I, I'm just saying, if it were me, I would take a year off just so I could focus on the rehab and not have to worry about a media circus when I was training with the team. Right. All right. Fair enough. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but I think the safest thing for him to do right now, look, uh, opt in with the Warriors. They know you. You know them. Like the fact that Steph Curry helped you off the court when you got hurt. To quote Colin Cowherd again, that means he's family. Right. And I think that the best thing you can do is just rehab with the Warriors. Like, don't. Don't try and change things just because you want to change the scenery, because you could always do this again next year. Yeah, and he might be free a diff- agency isn't going anywhere, and he might be a different player when he comes back. We haven't considered that, you know. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, I mean, he, he might not be the same guy. He could be Carmelo Anthony, right? And which which isn't a bad thing. No, but either way, we wish Kevin Durant the speediest of recoveries. Absolutely, and, and Paul it, E.D. That is all the time we have for today, oh, unfortunately. Oh man. Yeah, I know. Uh, you, you want to get one quick Durant point out, real quick? No, the only thing I was saying, not only do we wish him a speedy, speedy recovery, but man, that was a gutty move coming back for for Game Five. It was like, it, it, like I already, I already had a lot of respect for Kevin Durant, yeah. but this made me respect him even more because, like, the the amount of heart that takes. Definitely. Anyway, that's all for today on You May Be Right, folks. Thanks again for listening. You can find uh, me on Twitter. I have a new Twitter handle, Paulie D. Oh, what is it, JB? Uh, I am at uh, at Josh B E S N Y. Josh B E S N Y. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, and you changed your Twitter handle too, I believe. I do. It used to be Paulie D Sports. And now? Now it's Paulie D Says. Is it because you never shut up? That's probably has something <laughs> to do with it. All right. Well, special thanks to Elite Sports New York, the pulse, the voice of New York City sports. Special thanks to the QED here in Astoria. Always have a great time recording here. And you know what it is they always say, Paulie D. What's that, JP? You may be wrong, but for all I know, you may be right. <laughs>